Welcome back, and thank you for tuning into my podcast, Under the Red and White Carpet. I'm Molly McEwen. In this podcast, I will be discussing social issues in Calgary that our citizens have recognized and experienced being exacerbated by the COVID-19 pandemic. We constantly hear from people who are running the COVID show about what they are doing to protect us and how important our city's essential workers are and how much they are appreciated. But at some point, thank yous become empty as if we were trying to put a band-aid on an injury that needs stitches. These people who are towing the pandemic line and are deemed the heroes fighting the virus are facing their own social issues on a daily basis that aren't being highlighted enough with no real solutions being offered to fix the problems that they continue to experience. I will be introducing my guests under an alias so their identities and livelihoods are protected. For my third podcast today, I have the privilege of speaking with T. T is a student and manager and server at the restaurant chain called Earl's. T is also a Vietnamese Canadian and chairperson of the recently created Respectful Workplace Committee at Earl's. I have asked her to join me today to talk about her experiences during the COVID-19 pandemic and what social issues she has personally experienced and seen exacerbated by the culture of fear and racism relative to this world health crisis. Thank you for joining me today, T. I really appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to chat with me about your experience. All right, I would like to start by asking you about how and why the uh, Respectful Workplace Committee was started and what you are hoping it will achieve. So the Respectful Workplace Committee was started because we had a Earl's Wide Company um, anti-racial bias meeting, but it didn't really address any hard-hitting questions that our BIPOC partners were really looking for and their protection within the company. So I emailed RGM and I requested that we started a committee that would really like protect our partners, give them the empowerment that they need to, you know, not have their boundaries stepped on and like violated. So we started there and the purpose of the committee is really to educate our non-BIPOC partners, um, make sure that they're being proper allies for our BIPOC partners and giving the people of color in our restaurant the you know space that they need to feel that they are valued in the restaurant, feel like they're valid in the industry. And because the hospitality industry, it's so, it's the backbone of it is young people. And mm-hmm. it's not just young people that are white or young people that are people of color. So I think this space is really to, you know, allow everyone to feel like safe, empowered, and equal value in the company. Well, that's great. Thank you. All right. Thank you, T. And so can you tell me about the social issues of racism and the microaggressions that that was also part of um, what you were trying to address with that committee? How have they been exacerbated during the pandemic and your experiences can be at work or in your daily life, if you don't mind talking about that? Yes. So since the virus is sometimes labeled as the Chinese virus. It makes some people have a xenophobic view on Asian people in general. So not just Chinese people, but every other, you know, Asian group as well in Canada. So Vietnamese and then Japanese, Koreans, um, people from Thailand, etc. So I think that because some people are a little bit unaware and almost a little bit uneducated, they don't really know how to 
hope if they are already having their own bias in their head. So I know when we first opened up in the restaurant again, a lot of people were treating me a little bit odd and a little bit off, not as nice as they used to be or not as friendly as they used to be. I think it's because the virus got labeled as like the Chinese virus and then people have their own biases and then they have their own opinions. But I think when we grow out of that opinion, I think that's when uh, the conversation really starts. It's like, should we actually be afraid of this group that actually there's no link between uh, like Asian Canadian groups, let's say, and the virus. And then also with our premier saying like, Southeast Asians are like a targeted reason why um, our cases have spiked. That also causes a really harmful, you know, view on the Asian community in Alberta in general, even. So I think that will cause more xenophobia, and I think it'll also, you know, cause more microaggressions in any workplace, like the the healthcare, the hospitality industry, education systems, even. So, um, yeah. Yeah, just going back to that, did you think that what the Premier said, do you think that fueled the fire? That there was already a problem that was already here before COVID? Like people, if you don't mind talking about your experience a little bit before COVID, um, like the microaggressions you experienced at work that were exacerbated by that, and do you think what the Premier said fueled that fire of that xenophobia? Yeah, I think before the virus, you know, took place, there were already microaggressions. I mean, like generationally, it's already a big problem. Like um, currently our generation is not as, you know, biased towards any race, but older generations may be. And I think because older generations do, you know, um, pay more attention to like conservative politics, it does fuel this fire. And since, you know, they do listen to the premier and everything he has to say, it does, add more problems to the current existing microaggressions and just racial problems that Asian people specifically and then Southeast Asian people deal with as well. So I think when someone in power says something like this that targets a whole group, it actually heightens the the dangerous, you know, outcomes that can happen to this community. I think that lacks education. I think right now, because the premier doesn't have edu- like an explanation of why our cases are going up or like targeted where it's going up, that he's pinpointing it somewhere else instead of pinpointing maybe like to social gatherings or um, in restaurants. Social and, gatherings yeah. in general, he's blaming. Yeah. It sounds like he's using that group of people almost as a scapegoat yes to give a target for people to think about and to blame so that's really unfortunate and really wrong (laughs) that's not helpful anywhere so just while you've been working during the pandemic is there any um specific stories that you can highlight for us so um, people have a little bit of a clearer idea of what these microaggressions are who may not know about this maybe a term that they've never heard of before is there anything any kind of specific um instances that you can explain to them to give these people an example yeah, so I know like lots of times we have microaggressions within the restaurant that aren't necessarily targeted towards like the virus. They're just mainly targeted towards like Asian people in general. Like 
Um, a lot of the times people comment like, oh, your English is really good or you're very literate and you're very articulate for a person of color or, oh, you go to university, like which university do you even go to? So I think the power of language, them saying, oh, do you even go to university or wow, like you are very literate. It almost diminishes the way that Asian people in Canada or in Calgary in general or metropolitan area, it's like diminishing their achievements, their personal values, their education, and then it also is a microaggression towards the income disparity that, um, you know, our community deals with, and then in comparison to like maybe like white communities, especially because we work at Earl's, uh, you know, very white dominant demographic. It's a little bit harder that way as well, because these are questions and comments that are made very commonly. And that's where the workplace comes in as well, giving you know our BIPOC partners the empowerment to stand up for themselves, um, confront the people that say you know these microaggressions to us, and then just having the support and the backup from Earls as a company. So if you need to save face for yourself, then you have the space to do it instead of covering it up, letting it slide. So then the customer is free to say whatever they want to you, even though it violates mm-hmm. your you know your boundaries and your your values and all that kind of stuff and yeah it doesn't even just go towards like asian people it goes towards like ageism it goes towards you know other ethnic groups sexism in the restaurant industry is a huge thing as well so all these microaggressions tie together but they also tie into race unfortunately Mm -hmm. and that does fuel our fire but well your committee is still very young and i know it's still early stage but do you think it is has it started to make a difference at all or at least brought some awareness to your workplace do you think it's having even a small effect in the beginning yet Um, Because it is in like the early stages of our committee, the main thing that will get the ball rolling and really like make tangible changes in the restaurant is not just having myself and the co-chair pushing this committee. It comes down to if you want change in your community, the whole community needs to change. So right now we're pushing for the rest of our partners to feel empowered to either be a good ally or to, you know, be empowered if they are a person of color in the restaurant. So if, you know, our leadership team is committed to helping us make a change in the restaurant, that starts there. And then if our front of house team is, you know, committed to making change, that starts. And then one person says it to another person, like, I need to change this and we need to change this. That's where tangible change starts. When our whole community actually cares enough Mm. to, you know, make our changes, be more mindful, be more conscious of the things we say, conscious of our actions, especially with our microaggressions as well. Although it's not, microaggressions are very like backhanded, unintentional. I think when we as a community put our mind towards being conscious members of a better society, I think that's where our change starts. And even though it's just like a restaurant committee, like very small scale, that's still better than just one person mm-hmm. trying to make a big change in like among a hundred people. Like yeah. I think change only happens when a whole team of people want to make change. In our upcoming months, we're hoping that since we're talking about it more, people will subconsciously be like thinking about it and then wanting to make change within their workplace and then also taking that knowledge and you know all the hardships that come with 
the committee outside of their work life as well and then apply it to their personal life and to their you know real life relationships between like their like their parents their romantic relationships their friendships and then it keeps building and then yeah, it's a slow but steady progress, hopefully, for that. And this committee, it was not in place before the pandemic. Am I correct there? Yeah. Yes. So do you think um, this obviously sh- absolutely should have been a thing before any of this happened and that it's kind of unfortunate that we had to have a world health crisis for like, a respectful workplace, anything like that, to be put into place? So do you think that this pandemic actually um, finally had like the give the final push to actually get something rolling? Do you think that had a, a part to play in that at all? Um, I do think that our committee did start a little bit later than we all expected, but I think, you know, our silver lining is that it still happened and it's still, you know, implemented, still in place. So I think, although it is unfortunate that it had to take, you know, a a whole pandemic for us to push to do this, but yeah, I think it's also like progressions and racial issues, like the issues we have in Calgary are not going to be the same as the issues in Vancouver. So it's a little bit harder to target as a like a big nationwide corporate company than it is to deal with as an independent restaurant in a specific region. Like even our even though we have like multiple locations in Calgary, like the problems that we have in South Calgary are going to be different than the problems we have in North Calgary. So I think because of this it almost helps us target our problems a little bit better. So like we said before about the premier, you know, mm-hmm. targeting the Southeast Asians and Northeast, their problems are now going to be much more different than our community in the South. So mm-hmm. unfortunately, when these things are put in place, it fuels us to change and fuel us to, you know, want to make a better society. So then our upcoming generations and even like people who are going to be, you know, new employees in the restaurant in like six months or a year they're gonna know that these are the changes that we're making industry changes even so yeah although it's a little unfortunate that we (laughs) had to start this way in in the middle of a pandemic Mm -hmm. again the silver lining is that it started and you know change needs to start somewhere it's better than no no start great so to bring ourselves to a close t what do you hope people will learn from the COVID 19 pandemic and what do you hope will be the takeaway for people when this is all over Um, So my general want for the takeaway in general is that people become more educated um, and do their research before they make rash decisions, rash, you know, statements, you know, yeah, do your research, be kind to other people, very, be, you know, mindful that everyone is equal and yeah, pandemic or not though. That was great. You said, um, the last thing you said there, you said, be kind. That's what my other interviewee said too. So it seems like there's a similar pattern with like from very different positions, but a lot of the people, things people say, it's like, just be kind or, yeah. So T, it has been a pleasure talking with you today. And thank you so much for sharing your insights and your experience with me. So, and thank you for tuning into my podcast, uh, Under the Red and White Carpet. I'm Molly McEwen. Until next time.